sorry. But I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much, feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent, and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness of men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate, only the unloved hate, the unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power, the power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie, they do not fulfill that promise, they never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! That was a speech by Sir Charles Spencer Chaplin. He was an English comic actor, filmmaker, and composer. What couldn't this guy do? He rose to fame in the era of silent film when movies didn't make a sound. Um, He's considered one of the most important figures in the history of the film industry. He lived a long time. He was born in 1889 in London, and he died in 1977 in Switzerland. 
He had four wives, uh, quite a few children as well. Uh, the dude lived, all right? But I also saw this speech, and I thought it was really relevant to the times that a lot of people are facing today. We see the world advancing, and things are getting easier, but then all of a sudden we see these kind of problems happening where governments aren't agreeing, this affects the people, certain viruses... Uh, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, are on the loose and folks are scared and they want to blame somebody and they want to blame the, the person that's the easiest to blame. And that's not, that's not right. Um, I think what this speech really hammers in on is that this world is a bit of a crazy ride. A lot of the problems that we think we have... Uh, that we blame other folks for. It's not necessarily their fault. I would say it's more the fault of those that are in charge. So I don't believe that we should point fingers at one another, um, especially when things like this happen, this coronavirus, but instead we should work together. Hopefully that can bring forth a better um, life for everybody. How about that? Anyways, so yeah, I wanted to start off with uh, that speech and kind of talk about uh, Sir Charlie Chaplin, Sir Charles Chaplin. Um, but I also wanted to spend today talking about the coronavirus. So this coronavirus is really scaring a lot of people, and I'm not going to lie. There's been times where I've been pretty afraid of it myself. But I realized, too, that... When I was going to college, I remember there was this uh, very old professor who I luckily got to learn from before I think he retired. But this guy worked with the likes of Walter Cronkite, one of the biggest names in news in the United States. And he would tell us about uh, some of the most challenging times in journalism, like when uh, Kennedy, President Kennedy, was assassinated and how this was... Uh, he was in the news industry at this time and the struggles that it was to report something this tragic, this, you know, serious to a group of people who were afraid. So I think that's something that's really important here is learning how to talk to folks who are afraid. And uh, today the news doesn't seem to be able to do that too well. I think something we need to realize here is that news today isn't it isn't giving you a free lunch it's not trying to give you information so you can go better about your life i think it's trying to tell you how to think about information it's like here's the information and guess what you know you don't have to pay us necessarily just look on our website here's the information but this is what you should think about it and we got close to the source because we had the resources and so this is really what's happening and this is how you should understand it. That's, that's an awful way of doing news because everything is then shaped by these organizations and this happens all around the world. Uh, on top of this, news in the West is very sensational. I remember this professor that I was talking about. He said, you know, the difference between when he was working in journalism to now is that News is having to compete for viewers more than ever. And to be able to be profitable, to employ people, 
and to be able to answer to shareholders of the company, they have to make sure people are watching. So of course, what does news do? News tries to figure out what makes people watch news. And what makes, what makes people watch news is when they feel like they're in danger. They want to know what's going on. They're looking all over the place to find out what's happening. And you know who has the information is the news. So the news often tries to make sometimes problems that aren't as serious as we might think much bigger. So that if you think that this news is going to affect your life, if this is, if this is the end of the world, you won't want to watch Hannah Montana or whatever show you like. You're going to be watching the news all the time because you feel like if you miss a little piece of information, it's going to affect your life. It's possibly going to be the end of your life. So today, I wanted to talk about how this... Uh, kind of news is framing something like the coronavirus, as I understand, because I've been reading so many news sources. But now let's talk about the coverage of the coronavirus. So in the West, this coronavirus, I think, is being blown out of proportion. But I don't think that's a mistake. I think with growing tensions between the East and West, between the governments of the East and West, the West is capitalizing on framing the East as being a dangerous place to go. And people shouldn't go there. It's life-threatening. There's this coronavirus. It could get you. But if you look into the facts of coronavirus from people that are knowledgeable about uh, viral diseases, like when I interviewed my sister, you find that these kind of uh, viruses, or at least coronavirus, is just a flu on steroids. It's, it seems like it's not going to be as bad as people think. You just have to wash your hands. You have to be a little bit uh, more present in how you do your hygiene. But really, the death rate is so low. And even the flu uh, around the world each year kills quite a few people. So, you know, these this way of understanding it isn't being portrayed in Western media. Instead, it's, it's fear-mongering. It's saying, be afraid. This could get you. Tune in to us and we'll let you know all the facts. And then on top of this, you see some news in the East. And the news in the East is trying to maintain stability. You have Thailand saying, hey, We've just developed this kind of cocktail of drugs that's really helping. So please, you know, uh, keep in mind we're, we're staying on top of this. I haven't seen so much of that in the news in the West. They're not even really talking about it. Yet this could be something that does a lot of good for the world if this does become a problem. If coronavirus does get all over the place, maybe this drug cocktail will help people. Yet... It doesn't seem to be part of the narrative in the West. On top of this, you have news agencies in the East trying to maintain stability, saying we're, we're working our best. Look at all these guys, these doctors rushing to the front line to help people. We're going to stay on top of this. We're not afraid. We're going to fight this till the end. And I think it's restoring people's hope, saying, all right, somebody's doing something. 
and that's a good thing. But you have these two different uh, leading sources of news in two different parts of the world saying very different things. And this affects the way people think about it. And it almost makes a huge divide in how we blame people and how we think about people and how they think about the things that are happening. And in fact, something that maybe people don't know is there's a clock that scientists uh, sometimes set. It's called the doomsday clock. It's not a good clock. This clock basically changes time. And this time is relative to when the world will end because of humanity's decisions. So the doomsday clock uh, on January 24th, 2019 was at two minutes to midnight. That's kind of, the minutes aren't actually saying, you know, we're two minutes away from destroying ourselves. It's mainly saying that we're, we're really close. And the reason why it was set to two minutes is because of this, this fake news that's on the rise and these information uh, wars that are happening in the world. People are hearing the wrong information and this causes them to feel something and this feeling is what they act upon and in doing so, we risk total annihilation. So after looking through all these different news sources, my conclusion is that the East is doing their best and these things happen all around the world. Diseases will flare up and we need to support each other, not isolate each other and alienate each other. The East is doing their best. I see this in the news and these things aren't solved overnight. But as a Western narrative reports this, we should not alienate other human beings on the other side of the world that are scared. Instead, we should be the people we want to have affect our lives. We should be the, the change we want to see. So in doing so in this news in the West, I think the best thing we can do is try to support our friends in the East, to remind them it's going to be okay and that we're going to be there for them and that this isn't just because of habits that are done in the East. These things happen all around the world and we should know best because there were points in time where these things, these huge diseases and life-threatening illnesses were a part of our culture in the West as well, the bubonic plague, Spanish flu. And I bet you that those people back then would have loved to have the help and positivity that could be given from news agencies and information around the world. Information is so powerful. And it's something that could lead us to annihilation or lead us into a brighter future. And I think that's what's really important as we move forward in reporting things like the coronavirus and the things that happen around the world. Unfortunately, I don't see this changing soon, but hopefully one day somebody somewhere will start a news agency or an organization that will better portray events Maybe news agencies that already exist will try to do a better job. But until then, my suggestion is that people look all around at different information from all different sources, the individual, the news agency, the foreign news agency, and 
make their own mind, you know, make their own mind up about what's going on. The more information from different sources gives you a comprehensive, a better whole picture of what's going on in the world. So I hope that this helps in how you're viewing things that are going on like this coronavirus. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I haven't done this in a while and uh, it feels good. But in this world of a lot of noise, some of it so much louder than others, I think it's important that we try to listen to the small sounds that come from the heart. And that's what I'm trying to do here. So I hope you enjoyed this show and I'll see you next time. <laughs>